Hello, welcome to Community Stories. Today we have a new episode with a new guest, Yaro, who is a creator himself who has been building a lot of tools, who has been working on building a lot of communities. He has built podcasts, he has built platforms and a lot of things. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Community Stories, Yaro. Hey, thank you. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the podcast. No worries at all. So, so uh, Yara, tell us, uh, I mean, let's, I mean, let's right, uh, get right in, into it. So how did you get into this, you know, wonderful world of building communities, you know, as a creator, as a developer, like what made you join this amazing <laughs> world? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, when I, when I, when I was, you know, I'm thinking about this question, right. I, I just always, you know, can't, I always think back to like when I was younger, you know, when I was in high school, I actually started one online community forum, me and my friends, I had one friend who just knew how to spin up, you know, these uh, instances. I think, I think we were using like, so, like PHP bulletin or something like that, but he just kind of knew how to do that. I and mean, I've always been part of online communities since, since like, you know, since I was really young, like 10 years old, I mean, I've just been on like. I don't know, like skateboardworld.com or whatever, like like other subreddits and stuff like that and other random forums about like computer tech, anime. So it just, it just like online communities have just been a core of, of and, and, and most people are, are kind of like that way where uh, they've been on forums and, and online and it's just more so these days. But, but yeah, I ended up starting a community with a few of my friends and it was just kind of like uh, me, a few other friends and a few other their friends. We ended up getting to like maybe a hundred members and it lasted for like a good year, but it was just like a place for us to talk about, you know, like techno, you know, World of Warcraft, anime, all this other stuff that we just, we love, you know, so basically just our culture. And it was just an, an online group that's extended past our, you know, our face to face time when we were at school. But yeah, so that, that's kind of how I got started in this whole community space. And, and, you know, and just kind of thinking further on that, I've just always loved building groups and building other types of, you know, gatherings and meetings. I always love to have people over. In college, I used to run a few, uh, a few communities, uh, a few local communities uh, as well that are like, you know, clubs and stuff like that. And I just always love to, I don't know, lead, lead that kind of stuff and uh, get to know a lot of people. I don't know. It's just always kind of an external kind of like an ex, what's called ex, external, not external. It's, I forget the word, extrovertive. Yes. Yeah. I was always like an extrovertive kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, I was always like an extroverted kind of person. I just, I just love to talk to people. I love to get to know to people. I like to help people a lot. I don't know. So that kind of got me. At least that's kind of like the base of why I went into communities. And then the other part, you know, I've just been seeing a ton of, uh, you know, a ton of benefit on having an, a digital community for um, whatever product you're running. So, you know, I used to run a a, a community and and a content site called Newsletter Crew. So it's, you know, helping you become a better newsletter writer and, uh, and community just seems so powerful in that context and many other types of contexts that I just had to like start one, um, as you know, you know, alongside the podcast and the blog and the, in the newsletter that I was running in that, in that same system. Wow. That, so I have a lot of questions to ask. Again, again, what you just uh, said, right? Like it's, it's an extrovert kind of thing where you 
you like talking to people you like helping people i mean uh, but a lot of community managers that i've spoken to it's actually other way around like they are introvert but they try to pull the community and it just kind of works like a like a magic and then it, there is a thriving community built by some some introverted person right like i resonate that a lot so i just want to dive down into what you what you just said like when you were in college or universities building group gatherings building local communities right and 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 then you so what so what i'm trying to kind of get to is like you know that was pre covid right before covid uh, you had to go meet a lot of people and now it's like it's online so do you see any difference or do you see any benefits with the you know the earlier way of doing building communities offline community and now the building online communities yeah that's that's a good question i mean there's there's obviously plus and you know pluses and minuses you know the one thing i love about you know just doing in person meetups is you actually see the person there you know actually like you know like one feet away from you or two feet away from you and then you're actually talking and it's just a whole different type of connection whole different type of vibe but you know on the downside it's not as scalable right as as you know you have an you know having a digital online community where you can get anyone from around the world so you just meet much more diverse uh, sets of people and it's just easier to gather people around you know with the digi- you know with a digital offering you know you just throw up a zoom call everyone hops on zoom it you know it takes like two minutes to, to get in it's just easy it's frictionless you know with the uh, you know with in-person uh, events and in-person communities you know you actually have to drive somewhere or walk somewhere depending on you know how far it is you know for for, for the college communities I've, i was running it was all pretty you know pretty local on campus everyone pretty much lived like really close to campus so and usually it's between classes anyway so it's like people are already there this is a little bit different but but yeah, that's that's kind of the you know the two big differences there, and uh, I mean I think both, you know I think both are good. And if you're creating community, I would strive to have both. But then again, it's you know it's a little hard, right? If your if your community is international and it's uh, digital first, then you probably won't have a ton of people in your city, especially if you live in Minneapolis like I do, where there's there's like one person that I knew in my communities that were that was also from Minneapolis and and you know that's that, you know that's pretty much it right out of like the 200 plus members that are there so yeah that's that's kind of the uh, the the pluses and minuses that i see there yeah absolutely absolutely like with a, with a digital first that you just mentioned right you get a lot of options you you kind of i think there's a way you can quickly grow compared to the offline world where like you said Minneapolis you have only two people if you wanted to build a community of indie makers or a newsletter you know is enthusiast in Minneapolis you might have got only two people compared to what you are able to do with a digital first approach very interesting like when you like you also mentioned like there are a lot of benefits to building a community and like benefits to a product when you're building a community like what are your like one like one two three like top three benefits that you have seen that you got while you build a newsletter crew let's let's also go down to newsletter crew what made you build that and like what was all this about yeah so which which one do you want uh, which question do you want me to start with yeah the the benefits for for the product if you have if you're having a community yeah yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, a community. I mean, yeah, there's obviously many benefits. I think the number one benefit is it kind of offloads some work off you. So, if you're a creator, you know, you're you're doing you're doing maybe doing a podcast, a newsletter, maybe you got a blog, 
Uh, maybe you're doing YouTube videos, et cetera, right? So, I mean, that that's hard work. You know, you, you got to pump it, content out every week. It has to be new, it has to be fresh, has to be insightful. You know, it's, it's difficult work there. But the community part of it is, it does take work. It takes a lot of upfront work. A lot, a lot of upfront work. I was spending a lot of time building. Um, and I think we could probably get more into this on, on how I was increasing engagement in some of my communities. But a lot of it was unscalable stuff at the very beginning. But, you know, as, as the uh, community just got tighter, bigger, it started, under, you know, as the community understood each other, I almost was able to kind of uh, take myself out of it in, in a way where I didn't have to do as much day-to-day uh, -day management and stuff like that because the community was already active. So that's one really big benefit is it kind of offloads, at least for the creator, a good portion of the work. So then the, the extra community is creating the content and helping each other out. But then that can be used to, you know, do your podcast, do your blogs, your newsletters, since the content's already there. So yeah, I think that that's probably the the biggest benefit of of community, and uh, you know, I mean, it it's it adds another dimension, right, to your to your product. You know, for, you know, for so you know, newsletter crew was a podcast at the very beginning to help newsletter creators build profitable newsletters, and then it just slowly started expanding to a blog, and then as as I got you know to you know more and more listeners, I was like, you know, why not start connecting the listeners to each other? You know, they're all all in the same group, all in the same culture, they all have the same end goal. So why not? you know, bring them all together, have them talk to each other and, and use the content that I was making as, as a way to drive conversation. So it, it adds like another outlet to, 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 to what you're creating as well. So I don't know, I think those are like some of the, the, the two kind of big reasons why community is just so powerful, especially for creators. Interesting. Interesting. Let's, let's double click on what you just said, right? Increasing engagement in a community. Like what, like how did, how should a new, a new community a uh, builder should figure out a way to build an engagement or a, or a, or a flying flywheel kind of thing so that your engagement is always thriving. Yeah, that's uh, also a really good question. And uh, yeah, building the, that flywheel up is uh, pretty important. You know, it, it, it takes time, but once it gets going, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. So, you know, one thing that I was always doing, and uh, this was more so at the beginning than towards kind of the end or once the community has matured is, you know, just always making sure that, you know, every day I'm going through, uh, you know, going through the forms, making sure that every single uh, new thread um, has been answered, making sure that, you know, everyone feels that they're not just posting into a black void, if that makes sense. Like they're just posting and no, you know, no, no engagement at all. Um, so if, if I do see posts at the end of the day that, that don't, didn't have any responses, I go, I pers I'm going to personally respond to them and take the time out to understand their problem and, and respond to them. You know, as as the community gets more mature, you know, there's just more people. That's it's a little bit more engaged. People are coming back more frequently, and uh, and you can kind of just see, uh, you know, you, it's less of that, and you see more threads being answered and more conversations being had. And then another thing that I did is I, you know, every, anytime I posted, I always try to make sure to tag at least one to two to three people, anyone who would be relevant in that situation. And, uh, you know, you're, you're asking, okay, how do you know who to tag in your, in your posts or in your threads? Like that, that kind of follows up to the next kind of thing that I was doing to make sure that I, I knew who everyone was personally and, and, and intimately. I actually had 30 minute conversations or for anyone who actually wanted to have a 30 minute conversation, some people are a little too busy, but any members who are, who are willing to have a 30 minute conversation with me, I just personally hopped on when they joined the community, you know, we set up a, a, a zoom call or a a Google meet and I, you know, talk to them for a good 30 minutes about their problems, you know, why they join the community, what they're looking to get out of the community, 
we know their background, stuff like that. So then that just really, you know, kind of what their skills are, their pluses, you know, what, you know, what they're working on. So then I can, so, so that, that conversation really helped me understand, uh, most of the people that are coming into the community and, uh, you know, if they didn't have a 30 minute conversation, you know, if they didn't want to actually have on a call, I would just always follow up, you know, either via email or just via chat, you know, on the forums or something in, in private message and then ask them these same questions. So every single person, I just always really wanted to understand, you know, just the main points. And that just helped me, you know, you know, when someone had a question about, uh, you know, starting a SaaS business, you know, I, I already knew who the people are that had have successful SaaS businesses because I actually talked to them before. I, I, I know them, they're, they're my friends now. Yeah. And, uh, and I can easily, you know, I just, it just, it's just, I don't know how to say, just, it's like a database in my, in my mind that I can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tag everyone. In. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, so it's it's a classic example of do things that don't scale and like and show up every day. Like, like don't leave your community members hanging. That like like you said, avoid because if you if you are not responding to that uh, person's message, or if you're not making someone else responding to the message, then you're in a zombie situation where your community is kind of not thriving because you you did not do basically two important things which you had to do, which is do things that don't scale and show up every day so that your your things are going really, really well. I mean, this is really like, like mind-blowing because like people talk about having a community directory and all those sorts of things and then you have everything in your mind like if someone is asking who do I reach out to for SaaS business, okay, I know this person because I've be like I've, I've know him, I've spoken to him, so this is the relevant person. So that is just amazing. Like I mean, if you are a community manager, uh, builders, you should take this, take a note. Yeah, and you know, and the kind of the added benefit there is, you know, like all the members see your your effort. You know, they they you set an example, right? So you know, at, at later points in time, I just had other people start doing what I was doing. You know, people, as, as other members started to get to know other members, they started tagging other members in posts and it just kind of adds this like snowball effect. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the thing. I mean, you know, the, the tech it's, you know, some people like, yeah, membership directories, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's great. And I think you should have it as, as, as something there. And the, and the tech platform is, is important, but in the end it's, and you know, and the tech platform should help you reach your goals as easy as possible but in the end it's up to the community manager to actually you know if, if community is failing it's only the fault of the manager you know the community manager versus you know the tech uh, that they're using etc absolutely absolutely so like i've seen you building a lot of uh, projects and you have built a community and all of that you did like while you are still on a day-to-day -day job so how do you manage your like how do you manage your time like giving some percentage of your daytime to because you only have 24 hours a day 24 hours a day and you have to <laughs> divide into certain things so how do you do that yeah that's also a really good question there yeah so i mean you know having a full-time job you know it's hard right so you got eight hours at your job but then you also got other things to do like you know family time and, and you got to work out etc cetera, etc cetera. you know i just always made sure to like cut out any anything that's that's bad you know what i'm saying like first thing i did is i audited my uh, my screen time use right so like, i have an iphone it tells me exactly how much time i was on facebook and instagram i just ended up cutting that in half or like by 80 percent. that already gave me like an extra hour free time every day and that that's already a, like enough time to do what you need to do you know spending an hour or two a day 
within your community, you know, reading what people are posting, getting to know people, responding to people, uh, learning from the community as well. I mean, you could, you could do that in, in, you know, hour or two a day, pretty, pretty easily. If you do it consistently, like every day, you know, Saturdays and Sundays as well. So, so that already just gave me enough time just by cutting out, you know, the, the, the fat per se in, in my schedule. And then, you know, other things that I was doing is, you know, just getting up a little earlier in the day, checking the community right for right for work. If I had a few extra minutes between meetings or, you know, at lunch or something, I would check the community, see what, see what people are up to, see what's, you know, how, how active it is, if there's any anyone, you know, having any conversations right now and then hopping into those. So those are just a few uh, few different things on how I manage the schedule. So I, I think in the end, it's about, you know, setting expectations on how, how often you want to be within your community and then trying to figure out exactly what things you can cut from your schedule or things that don't really matter. Um, like Facebook, I mean, does it really matter if I go on Facebook an extra 15 minutes and scrolling through a bunch of videos? Like, no, but I can use that 15 minutes to actually hop in um, and get to know someone and uh, and help them out with their problem. So I think, you know, you know, and that, 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 that comes back to the selfishness thing, right? So are you going to be selfish and be on, you know, Instagram scrolling through feed or are you going to be selfless and, and go help others? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have like, so what's the downside of not checking your community every day? Like, is this something there? Like, do you actually need to be checking your community every day? I know like there is a, you know, show up every day thing, but like, it's, it's a contradictory thing, I guess. Like, what do you, you know, you know, as, as a community, I think at the very beginning, you know, when you're just starting it, I think you really need to be there every day actually in the community every day, you know, responding to people and actually being a part of it, you know, just to set the, the, you know, it's set the culture, you know, from, from the get go, right. You want to set uh, that type of culture at the, from, from, you know, from the very beginning, you know, as the community starts maturing and you get more and more members and, and members are, you know, understanding of what the culture is, you know, you can kind of lean your, you know, kind of wean your way out and kind of hop on every other day or something, or when, you know, whenever, whenever you got time. So, yeah, I don't think you need to, but I think at the very beginning, I think the, the, the most critical parts are just are like at the very beginning of the community. It's kind of the make it or break it point because once you've gone to critical mass, it's, you know, community just keeps, keeps getting, you know, it just keeps maintaining its, it's, it's, yeah, it's basically running by itself and it's, 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 you know, you you just have to kind of maintain it and grow it if you want. But I do, you know, I do have a personal opinion on how big a community should be, at least from, from what I've seen through my experience but uh, but we can maybe get into that at some point but yeah that's that's kind of uh that's kind of answer to that question there yeah so let's let's do like what should be the ideal size of a community right because like the more number of members in a community might not be like it's an amazing community because you might see a lot of spams you might see a lot of uh, you'll face a lot of moderation issues right so what's a healthy size of a community like or is there a size is there a size to a community yeah and and that you know that kind of goes to you know kind of another question about like you know private versus public or like paid versus uh, free communities but you know i i think you know as as the community gets bigger there's like almost kind of like a diminishing returns right you know I mean, a community that has a hundred people is a lot different than a community that has a thousand people. And it's much, much different than a community that has 10,000 people, right? I, I personally feel like, you know, as the community gets bigger, it just becomes harder to really intimately understand the members. So I, I think I think a successful community is where members, you know, every member knows every other member intimately and they understand 
you know, whoever, you know, it's, it's basically family, right? So, yeah. I mean, how big can a family really be, you know, be, be without you, with, with, with you not understanding who someone is? So, so I don't know, my, my ideal size when I was running uh, my communities was between around 200 to like 500 members or so. And I just felt like that was a good ballpark medium where I, I could still understand, like I still knew who most people were uh, when they were coming in. I feel like after, a, after like a thousand, it just, I just feel like it's too big and I, it's hard to keep up on whoever every single person is. And even, even 500 just, it just seems like it's a lot. I never actually got to, to that mark, but you know, I was running uh, paid communities and it's a little, it's a little different game when you're running a paid community versus a free community. I, I don't know, somewhere around there. Um, again, I, I never actually had a community that had the 500 member mark. It was always around the 300 member mark or so, three, 350, but it was, it was good enough. Like I still felt like that was a really good size there. Yeah. If that made sense. And actually at that point, I started raising prices, you know, I was just always raising prices to slow growth down because I wanted it to kind of be around that mark. And I didn't want it for, you know, I didn't want it to get too much bigger. I thought it was a good ideal size. Yeah, absolutely. So I had, I had Suhas who's building the product folks, like one of the, one of the most like amazing community of product people from, from India and around the globe. So, so I had him on the show and he mentioned Spartans 300 is what they look for, wherein at any given point and uh, time of a community, there should be a 300 people, active people, like trying to help each other out. Like, because the numbers does not number, I mean, number don't matter. It's, it's like the active activeness in a community. Like if you have Spartans 300 kind of, you know, 300 people at any given point in time then that's that's your that's your sweet spot i mean you shouldn't look to grow that it's okay because it numbers don't matter nice nice and yeah i think actually i'm i may be a part of that community it's, it's a slack community right yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. i mean it's slack I mean, okay. events or yeah. all those things yeah 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 so uh, yeah so i know like can you take us through your journey of you know building newsletter in this stack and like what are you up to now yeah so you know it all you know my i guess my my first community that i created was was indie stack and and it actually you know you know the reason why i created it is maybe you're familiar with like indie hackers you know, obviously reddit facebook groups etc so you know all those are like you know pu- public communities and, you know, I just started noticing, you know, after being on, you know, daily on, on some of these websites is that, you know, a lot of people were just using these as, as marketing channels uh, to market their products, right? And you always, ha- you always had the, you know, similar pattern, right? So you always have the add value first, and then at the very bottom, you kind of plug your your product, you know, if that's your newsletter, if that's your SaaS business, if that's your uh, podcast, you know, whatever it is, you know, you plug it in, which is great. You know, I mean, I, I have nothing against it, but it just, you know, it kind of shows the, you know, you know, and I do it too. I mean, everyone does it, right? It's 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 a standard, uh, de facto kind of kind of way to to market in in you know within communities, right? And it makes sense, but it just kind of shows, you know, like what are you really there for? Are you there to build your product? Are you there to help people? Is it a mixture of both? So, I don't know. I, I just kind of started noticing that, and I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll just want to, you know, I just wanted to build my own group of people, you know, small, t- you know, small tight knit group of people, kind of around that three hundred. 300 mark, maybe a little bit more, so, somewhere around that mark where I get, you know, I knew everyone intimately. No one there was going to be, you know, since it was a paid community, it was a private community, people kind of had an incentive to maybe not 
plug their products in like no one you know if you're if you're there just to plug your product you're probably not going to pay like you know 100 bucks or whatever to join a community so you can plug your product to 300 people right it's like it's just economics don't work at that scale so the people that were going in were you know really people that wanted to be active and not actually market their product and sure there's people that were mentioning their product i mean there's no no problem there but i didn't see these posts where it's like you know, he, you know, you know, here's the value add in the, at the bottom, you know, here's my, here's my plug. Right. So there's no, no types of posts at all like that, which is really, which is really good. So that's kind of the reason why I started that is, you know, I just wanted to build a kind of a group of people that I could, you know, kind of, kind of like a mentorship group or a group where all of us kind of just helped each other on our, on our way to a certain goal. And everyone who was joining the community pretty much had that same goal. And it was, you know, financial freedom through digital products. That was Indie Stack. And, uh, you know, everyone there was, you know, had the same goals. We all just could help each other get there. And, uh, you know, some people were a little further and some people were a little, you know, a little behind, well, not, not behind, but not as far. And yeah, that's kind of how IndieStack started. So you like, I want to double click on two things here. Like uh, you said, add value and financial freedom. So how do you really add value as a community like, or is community a value? So that's, that's one. And then when you speak about financial freedom, like, do you really think, or like, like, is there a, is there really a way wherein, you know, by building a community, a podcast, a newsletter, is there a finite, like a, a person, a creator get a freedom? So what was the first question about the, I'm just mixing it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> so how do you add a value or is community a value in itself? Yeah. So, I mean, community, you know, I mean, it's, it is a value in itself, right? I mean, uh, people helping each other out as the years go on, you know, this, this content like monolith that you're building, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger than anyone who actually comes in can easily search through your whole community and find, you know, any problem that they're having. Right. So, so, I mean, the community itself is, is a value. Yeah. It's value to, to the members and it's a value to anyone who's a part of it. So yes, I a hundred percent agree with that. And the second question about the financial freedom, you know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, yeah, you, you could definitely, you know, I mean, a hundred percent, you can get to the point where you're working, you know, on your product, on your community, on your content, you know, as a creator and be able to make enough money where you can quit your day, you know, day job and do this full time. That's a hundred percent possible. I was getting really close to that actually, when I was running my communities, I ended up, they ended up being acquired, but then I ended up doing, you know, ended up acquiring another product, which we can talk about later, but but yeah, it's it's definitely possible. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be like passive, right? It doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to do any any work, right? You can't just be sipping martinis on the beach, not not yet, right? But at at a certain point, yeah, you know, the, the workload becomes less and less. You know, you still got to pump content out every week, but at least you could probably, you know, for podcasts, you can get, you know, people start going to you versus you actually having to find guests. You know, the community can start taking care of itself versus you having to go every day to, you know, to to, to nurture it and take care of it. You know, so it becomes more mature and, and, you know, an adult, right? And it becomes more independent. But yeah, so, you know, at, at the very beginning, it's a lot more work, you know, and as as community gets gets uh, bigger, it's less work, but it's still work, right? So you're still, you know, even then I'm still, you know, was spending around an hour or two per day on on my businesses, you know, either within my community or working on a blog post or a podcast or something. But even then, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I think that's solid. And if it's, and if you're doing what you love, I mean... It's much better to spend two hours a day doing what you love than eight hours a day doing something that maybe, you know, you're mildly passionate about. Exactly. Exactly. Doing what you love. So uh, this takes me to our next question to talk about Playgroup. So what's, what are you building right now? 
I mean, what's Playgroup all about? And what do you think is the future of, you know, community tools? Yeah, so, yeah, so after I sold, uh, you know, my, my communities, I had a decent amount of cash. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything life-changing. I mean, it was, it was pretty life-changing, but it wasn't like, you know, you know, retiring anytime soon, right? So I used a, a portion of that uh, money there to um, acquire a platform called Playgroup, which is a, you know, community platform, kind of like, you know, kind of like Discourse or Circle. It's more more so like Discourse and Circle than than like Discord and Slack, right? The chat. This is more like kind of like a form software, but it was, you know, it was kind of a modern form software. One uh, one of my friends, Ben, created it and ended up acquiring it from him. You know, when I was in the kind of the sales process, I was thinking about, you know, what's what's the next thing that I want to do? Like what's, you know, so like, okay, I have no more projects that I'm working on. Um, I, I want to work on something. What do I, what do I work on? And, you know, looking back at my experience, I always thought, you know, I, I basically had had the idea that like I should probably do something within software and community. One, I'm a software developer by trade. You know, it's kind of my day job. That, that's what I do. I, I do uh, software development. And, you know, I've just ran two successful communities that were acquired. And uh, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe we can find the combination or, or uh, kind of a middle ground between those. And then I uh, ended up, you know, acquiring Playgroup, which is a software, you know, community platform for, you know, members and uh, and creators to build their community on. So I was thinking, okay, this seems like a good, the, the price seemed pretty, you know, was was reasonable. It wasn't too much. It didn't break the bank. And it was enough to give me a head start on on this community platform that I wanted to build. So I ended up acquiring that. And, uh, you know, I kind of say that he built, you know, version one, and now we're, we're taking it to the next step. So we're, we're, you know, redesigning the full UI to make it, you know, to, to decrease the amount of friction uh, that it takes for a user to, you know, re- you know, reply to comments, you know, we're adding events to it. We're adding, you know, a bunch of different things to, 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 you know, different tools and, 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 and features to increase engagement. So, you know, user, you know, when, a, when a member logs into the community, they just always feel something is happening and they always feel like, you know, it's just easy to, to reply to people, it's easy to, to start conversations that's kind of what we're doing right now and we're we're in the design phase now and we're starting the develop pretty soon here so so actually in a, probably in a few hopefully in a few weeks about a month a month and a half we should have we should have it fully completed and out so i'm, I'm really excited about that so and may, maybe i can send you uh, I've, I've actually have like a product hunt upcoming page uh link that i can send you maybe you can include it in the show notes uh, for anyone that's interested in in uh, version two of playgroup but version one you can you can uh, you can do right now you can go on to playgroup.community and you can create a, a free trial and and check it out. But version two is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. So we'll definitely link it to our show notes. And by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure like you will we'll be very close to launch uh, Playgroup. So well, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, I've uh, gone through a lot of stuff. You have built communities, you have been, I mean, the challenges in building a community platform, I'm sure it's huge. So like, what should be the ideal community platform? I mean, you speak about removing friction and right, all, all of those things. So what is the ideal community platform? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the ideal community platform, you know, like I said, is, is, uh, you know, decreases as much friction as possible. If, if that means, uh, you know, replying access to the community, you know, access to any sort of events or each other. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, and searching as well, right? So as, as your community, you know, grows, you know, after a year, two, three, five, ten, we have one, we have a customer on Playgroup right now that, you know, has been running the community for t- over 10 years. And I mean, imagine all that content there. So being able to search uh, 
frictionlessly through all that content and really understanding uh, that the search algorithm can find exactly what you're looking for is is really really good. So yeah, any any anything that that decreases friction in all those in in all those aspects, and actually another really big thing that's actually probably the most critical thing for me at least is uh, is ownership of content, right? So you know with newsletters you got you know, you can export and import your subscriber list. With podcasts, you can export and import your your RSS feeds, right? You know, with a lot of communities, it's kind of hard to own your content. Like imagine, you know, starting a community on Slack. Well, one, you get a 10,000 conversation limit, which is which is really bad because imagine, you know, 10 years later, I mean, that's 10 years of content that's just gone. Um, it's just completely gone. There's nothing you can do about it. Discord is a little bit, you know, a little bit better. There's no limit on the amount of conversations you have, but it's just a lot harder to search uh, a Discord, if that makes sense. So again, you can't really leverage that that search aspect, a lot of friction there. But ownership of content is is the number one thing I, I feel the ideal community platform needs. And Discourse uh, does that really well. You can export your content and I believe you can import your content as well. So you can always move your, you know, your, you know, Discord, you know, your community off of Discourse and and into another community like uh, playgroup actually has a uh, importer feature that basically you could export your discourse instance and all your discourse information so like your 10 years worth of content and all of your members into playgroup which is really powerful because that just means you know you keep your own content and so yeah i, I think that's really good and i think more platforms should, should do that if that makes sense like I, I feel like more platforms should be able to import and export content just this just the same way you can do with a with podcasts, with a newsletter. It's a lot harder, but I think it's critical for every community platform to do since, you know, why would you be on a community platform or why would you build your, you know, your your year's worth of content in your your actual community, which is the core of of pretty much every, you know, as a creator, it's kind of the core thing. For membership, it's the core thing. Why would you build that on something where you can't, uh, you don't have control over? So think of Facebook groups as well, or subreddits, stuff like that. Like you just don't have, it's not yours, you don't own it. Absolutely, absolutely. This is this is a whole a whole conversation of owned and rented audience. So this is owned and rented content kind of thing. So what a great way to end end this. So thank you so much, uh, Yaro, for being uh, on the show. Where can our uh, audience uh, go and find you? Uh, your your newsletter, your Twitter. What is it? Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're interested in uh, learning more, you know, you can definitely go to playgroup.community and sign up for uh, you know your own you know your own community platform. Start creating your own community. If you're interested in following me, you can go to at Yarrowbaggery on Twitter, or you could go to yarrowbaggery.com and sign up for my newsletter there if you're interested. So those are like kind of the, the three best places to to contact me there. And and yeah, and if you ever ever uh, have any questions about community building how to scale, you know, scale community, how to engage community. If you have, have any sort of community community problems, just DM me on Twitter. I'm always there. I'll always respond. Awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah. thank you so thank much, you. everyone. Talk to you soon. Let me just stop the recording.